0: Welcome to the Extension Connection Podcast. The Grant County Cooperative Extension Service is here to help connect you with research-based information about economic development, energy and water, farm and ranch, yard and garden, natural resources, health and well-being, and our very popular youth development program, 4-H. I'm your host, Jessica Swamp. The 4-H an agriculture agent here in Grant County, New Mexico. We are part of New Mexico State University College of Agricultural, Consumer, and Environmental Science, and we are here to serve you. So let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It has been a while. It has been a while since I put out an episode. Life just got crazy, things got in the way, and I just haven't put out an episode in a while. But, I'm back now. I have a great idea for an episode. And it's something that is gonna be on everybody's mind in the next few days. And that is Thanksgiving. The part that I'm going to focus on in today's episode is about turkeys. Hopefully you're gonna be surrounded by family and friends this Thanksgiving season, and be thinking of all of the things that you're thankful for. And I just wanna speak on behalf of the Grant County Extension Service that we're thankful for all of you. We're thankful for our clientele, our 4-H families, um, and our our local communities, and, and all that we gain from you and hopefully we're able to serve you. I thought that I would address a few things pertaining to Thanksgiving, which is the big protein that is offered during Thanksgiving, and that's turkey. (laughs) Most families are gonna sit around a table, and the main protein that they're gonna be eating is turkey. However, I find that there are so many myths and things that are out there that it's so deceiving when you go to the grocery store to buy a turkey. So I want to talk about some of the things that are a part of the turkey that you're going to be eating at Thanksgiving and give you something to maybe think about. I wanna be completely transparent in terms of the fact that am I the turkey specialist? Do I know everything about it? Absolutely not. I'm just an extension agent here in Southern New Mexico. Here in Grand County, we're about cattle, copper. Those are our main things that we produce in this county. Um, So I had to step out of my comfort zone to really um, educate myself about about turkeys, how they're produced, what they're fed, all of those different things. And I really want to share the information that I have found with all of my listeners. Because I'm an extension agent, it doesn't always mean that I'm an expert in any one thing. I kind of joke that uh, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none, and this is no different. I'm able to get out there, though, and find good, reliable, fact, science-based information. And it's part of my job to relay that information to my clientele, to my listeners, and to anybody who wants to listen. So today's podcast is all about turkeys. I'm going to be covering uh, how they're raised, how, a little bit about how they're harvested, what they're fed. Um, debunking a few things that you might see on the actual uh, labeling of your turkey at the grocery store Um, just to give you some facts that so you can feel comfortable and safe when you buy a turkey that you're eating a very wholesome nutritious uh, protein at your family meal I want to start off with saying that I learned so much researching this that I really got into it and there's so many different things that I wanted to cover there's just no way that I could become an expert in such a short time but I'm gonna share with you the things that I found to be very interesting and that I think are necessary to talk about what inspired me to kind of do this is not only that Thanksgiving is coming up but I did a program for a local 4-H group all about turkeys and kind of talking about how they're harvested and going through that process of we don't just get turkeys from the grocery store there's a whole process that takes place before that, before we get to the grocery store. And that part is the part that I'm gonna be mostly focusing on. I'm also gonna offer a few tips that kinda come from our family and consumer science part of things, just to offer a little bit of, you know, some safety tips and hopefully you have an enjoyable Thanksgiving dinner around your family. So without further ado, I'm gonna get right down to it. I wanted to start things off a little bit. Um, I'm thinking of a lot of memories as it pertains to turkeys and while I was, you know, doing this. Obviously, I think about sitting around the dinner table with my family, eating turkey at Thanksgiving. However, I have not had the most positive experience with turkeys, love to eat them, really not so much like to deal with them. Funny story before we get started, when i was a kid i was in a single cab pickup riding with my mom and i don't know what had happened but i was asleep against the passenger side door and this turkey just came out of nowhere and hit the side of our pickup and hit that door and i've kind of had a difficult situation with turkeys ever since it seems like anytime i see a turkey they're always in the middle of the road i almost hit them with my vehicle Um, Or they're just kind of harassing me at the fair. Honestly, they're Always making their sounds and and doing their thing and I've always had Kind of a little like annoyed by the turkeys, but hey, they're really good to eat and I want to talk about that So while doing my most recent program with some 4-H kiddos. It was asked, and I thought this was one of the best questions that you could possibly ask, because like I said, down here in Southern New Mexico, our turkeys are brown in color, and they're wild. You see them, you know, periodically through the year. I hadn't really thought of this, that the kiddos here, that's the turkeys that they have seen. They asked me, why are they white? And I thought that that was such a great question to start things off. Turkeys that we normally see, even depicted um, in cartoons or pictures, all these things, they're brown. However, the turkeys that we eat for Thanksgiving, unless you're um, harvesting your own turkey, they're white they're actually white they have white feathers they're big um, and they're not the turkeys that we see all the time the breed that is most used for turkeys is called the broad-breasted white turkey it was developed in the US by crossing the broad-breasted bronze turkey and the white Holland it's the most widely bred domesticated turkey and the leading turkey breed in the meat industry They're fast-growing and high-meat producers. (laughs) A fun fact for you are broad-breasted white turkeys are bred with white feathers so they leave no unsightly pigment spots under the skin when they're plucked. Because these birds are so large, they can no longer naturally breed efficiently. All modern turkeys use artificial insemination, which allows some selective breeding so that breeders can raise fewer males and achieve higher rates of hatchability. Young poults that are selected for breeding arrive at a breeder grow-out farm and raise to 28 weeks of age under environmentally controlled conditions. During the 28 week period, grow-out hens will grow to be 24 to 30 pounds and eat about 102 pounds of feed. Males will grow to 50 to 70 pounds and eat over 200 pounds of feed. Once they reach 28 weeks of age, parent breeding stock are transported to the breeder farm. Those parent breeder farms produce fertile eggs that will become turkeys that are going to be harvested for meat. Female breeders are raised in an open floor house with automatic waters and automatic egg collection systems. Males are raised in separate facilities. Males are called toms and females are called hens. An average turkey breeder female will lay 100 to 130 eggs per laying cycle. Once the females reach 28 weeks of age, they will start laying. The eggs are automatically collected daily, transported to the hatchery, and stored until they're ready to set into an incubator. Most farms own their own hatchery to produce the poults, which are young turkeys. Incubators will hold thousands of eggs in a very controlled environment. They are then transferred into hatching baskets and on the 28th day, the poults hatch. After hatching the poults, they are removed from the hatchers and processed before being taken to a grow-out farm. Processing of the turkeys includes sexing, which is where they separate the males from the females so the company can raise the two sexes separately, beak and toe trimming, and vaccination. Pullets are counted and placed in baskets for delivery to the farm within 12 hours of hatching. Once poults arrive at the grow-out farm, poults are placed in houses where they are raised under environmentally controlled conditions. Ventilation of the turkey house is absolutely critical for controlling temperature and humidity in the grow-out house. The birds are grown to different sizes depending on the market that they're meant to be in. And on average, a hen turkey will consume about 35 pounds of feed, which consists of soybean meal and corn, and will reach 14 to 20 pounds in about 12 to 14 weeks. Toms will consume about 90 pounds of feed and reach 35 to 42 pounds in 16 to 20 weeks. So, if you're wondering why turkeys have more breast meat today, then, in years past that has everything to do with genetics and nutrition that have allowed farmers to select birds that naturally have more breast meat to satisfy the consumer. Once these birds reach the desired weight, a company hatching crew will catch and load the birds onto trucks for transportation to the processing plant. The catching crew takes a great deal of care when handling these birds to prevent bruises or injury. Another fun fact about turkeys is that a lot of times when you go to the grocery store you're going to see this on the label, raised without hormones. And just so you know, all turkeys and poultry are raised without hormones. That is required by federal law. It's illegal to use hormones in poultry production since the 1950s. The USDA allows turkey companies to put raised without hormones label on the packaging however the label has to be accompanied by a statement that says federal regulations prohibit the use of hormones however you're going to see that there's internet rumors that go around claiming that hormones in the meat and poultry lead to early puberty in girls yet there is no science that has proven that to be true as all foods, including fruits and vegetables, and meats all naturally contain hormones. Another frequent question that gets asked is about antibiotics. Can antibiotics be used in raising turkeys? The answer is yes. They can be given to prevent disease and increase feed efficiency. However, a withdrawal period is required from the time antibiotics are administered before the bird can be harvested. This makes sure that there's no residues, that are present in the bird system to maintain health and safety. Another meaningless label on your Thanksgiving turkey is the word young. Um, Why would farmers want to keep an old turkey around? (laughs) It's not like they want to have a five-year turkey on their place. Um, So all of the turkeys that you get at the grocery store are young. Now we're going to move on to talking about how these turkeys are harvested. So modern technology and equipment is very helpful in handling these animals in a manner that minimizes stress for them. For instance, they're loaded into trucks using a conveyor belt that keeps the turkeys upright and it minimizes fatigue on employees that are loading them. Turkeys are able to stay in a holding crate from the trailer until it is time to unload them for stunning and unloading is done almost in full darkness to keep the birds calm. Turkeys are commonly stunned using CO2 or electrical stunning which occurs in a water bath where a current is delivered at the same time the head is immersed in water. Stunning renders an animal insensitive to pain and unconscious instantly. This must be done before slaughter occurs. The Poultry Products Inspection Act is overseen by the U.S. Department of Agriculture Food Safety Inspection Service and allows each step of the process to be monitored. Once the turkeys are stunned, they're bled. Scalding occurs to loosen those feathers before they're removed, the guts are removed, and carcasses go into tanks of chilled water for several hours to lower the temperature of the carcass rapidly turkey carcasses are removed from the chilled water and further cut into different parts and pieces made available for purchase by institutions, restaurants, and grocery stores. And if you're interested in knowing more about the process of how turkeys are processed, um, there's a really good video that is um, narrated by Dr. Temple Grandin, who is a world-renowned expert on animal handling and humane slaughter. This video goes into great detail, showing the entire process from walking through the barns of finished turkeys ready for market to cutting the turkey carcasses into parts and pieces for sale. It's a really good video, very educational, and I highly recommend it. Um, And I will make sure to post it into the show notes. Another fun fact for you, about 46 million turkeys are eaten each Thanksgiving, about 22 million on Christmas and 19 million turkeys on Easter. Turkey is low in fat and high in protein and it's also an inexpensive source of iron, zinc, phosphorus, potassium, and B vitamins. Let's go find a bird for Thanksgiving. Some other helpful tips and safety for you during the holidays is to wash your hands but not the turkey according to the usda food safety and inspection service washing raw poultry beef pork lamb or veal before cooking it is not recommended bacteria and raw meat and poultry juices can spread to other foods utensils and surfaces some people think that washing removes bacteria and makes their meat or poultry safer. However, those bacteria are so tightly bound that you could not remove them no matter how many times you washed them. But there's other types of bacteria that can be easily washed off and splashed onto the surfaces of your kitchen. And then failure to con- to clean those contaminated areas can lead to foodborne illnesses, aka food poisoning. <laughs> Another thing to do is cooking or baking, broiling, boiling and grilling to the right temperature kills bacteria. So washing meat before cooking is not necessary. Make sure that your poultry is cooked to a minimum internal temperature of 165 degrees and that you use a food thermometer before removing it from your heat source. Another thing is to make sure that you wash your hands after you're handling Raw meat or poultry, Um, just because anything you touch afterwards could become contaminated. This is what is referred to as cross contamination. It can happen when bacteria and viruses are transferred from a contaminated surface to one that is not contaminated. So you could become sick by picking up a piece of fruit and eating it with unwashed hands after handling raw meat or poultry. If we've learned anything in the past year, washing your hands, and washing them the right way is an incredibly effective way to stop sickness, disease, all of the above. Another thing to think about this Thanksgiving season is how you're gonna thaw your turkey. This is always one of the fun ones. Um, If you're gonna do it in the refrigerator, you probably wanna thaw that turkey about 24 hours Thaw it in the original wrapping and place it in a tray on the bottom section of your refrigerator and then allow about 24 hours of defrost time for every 5 pounds of turkey. Don't thaw it on the counter. Thawing it at room temperature increases the risk of foodborne bacteria. At room temperature bacteria on the turkey can grow rapidly. When the outside portion of the bird begins to thaw, these bacteria can multiply to dangerously high levels, producing toxins that cooking may not destroy. Therefore, you might get sick. If you're gonna do it in cold water, you can do so just submerge the bird in its wrapper in a deep sink of cold water and change the water every 30 minutes to keep it cold. Allow 30 minutes per pound to defrost in cold water do not use warm water or hot water. In conclusion, I'd like to give a shout out to the National Turkey Federation, Michigan State University Extension, University of Illinois Extension, Penn State Extension, and the Iowa Turkey Federation for providing me with the education that I needed to be able to put all this together for this podcast. So shout out to y'all, y'all are awesome. You got it going on up there in the Midwest. Um, I hope that you were able to learn something. Um, Again, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for our clientele. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, Stay safe out there, and we'll catch you on the next one. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks everyone for listening if you enjoy this podcast don't forget to hit the subscribe button on apple Podcasts, stitcher google play or whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast want more information you can visit us at our website grantextension.nmsu.edu follow us on facebook at nmsu grant county ces snapchat at grant county nm4h Shoot us an email at grant at nmsu.edu or give us a call 575-388-1559. New Mexico State University is an equal opportunity, affirmative action employer and educator. NMSU and the U.S. Department of Agriculture cooperating. Did you enjoy this podcast? Did you learn something? Did you gain knowledge that you can use? Please feel free to reach out to me and let me know. I'm always looking for feedback on what I can do better or topics that I can discuss. So please give me an email at grant at nmsu.edu. New Mexico State University is an equal opportunity, affirmative action employer and educator. NMSU and the U.S. Department of Agriculture cooperating. Did you enjoy this podcast? Did you learn something? Did you gain knowledge that you can use? Please feel free to reach out to me and let me know. I'm always looking for feedback on what I can do better or topics that I can discuss. So please give me an email at grant. At nmsu edu.